Hey, this is Carlos GGS from Guitar God Secrets. Welcome back. Today we're going a little more clean so you can hear every little note, pick, chime, and charm the socks off of you for what we're going to do today. We're going to do a quick, uh, this is one of my favorite exercises. I think you're going to get a lot out of this. We're going to do this in A minor. I want you to pick up your guitar right now. Let's get right down to it. I've been talking a lot the last couple of podcast episodes. I want to show you something really really cool what you're going to do is you're going to uh we're going to be in a minor so of course an a minor pentatonic starting at the fifth fret you got that number one box of five eight on the low e five seven on the a five seven on the d five seven on the g five eight on the b five eight on the e and Now, we're not going to so much use the pentatonic scale with this. What we're going to do is actually use the diatonic scale, which is 5-7-8 on the low E, 5-7-8 on the A, 5-7-9 on the D, 5-7-9 on the G, 6-8-10 on the B, and 7-8-10 on the high E. So what we're going to do is a little hammer-on pull-off sequence. This is called legato. It's called legato because it's smooth. It doesn't have the percussive sound if I were to pick through that. You hear the pick attack, right? You hear the, the pick giving it a more percussive sound. It's a little bit more sudden. Whereas if we do it legato... Very smooth sounding, right? It just kind of flows a little bit. It also allows you to go a little faster because you're only relying on one hand. Uh, theoretically, I could just pick the first note and let the whole thing just ascend or climb up the scale with very little effort. Which sounds pretty cool and allows you to play a little faster and sound pretty cool. Well, what I would like to do is take that in a different direction because we tend to fall into these ruts of always practicing patterns that follow the scales. And you don't want to go there. I mean, you do, but you don't. You want to be able to pick notes from the scale, but you want to be able to play notes anywhere to give you more melodic composition. What we're doing today is we're going to do uh, something that allows you to play the scale and sound a little more melodic. So what we're going to do is we're going to uh, we're going to pick the low E fifth fret and we're going to hammer on seven eight. Okay, after that we're going to go five seven eight on the A string five seven nine, and then we're going to do a little bit of a change here. Instead of going up to the D, we're going to um, do a little turnaround on the string. So it's actually going to be instead of just going five seven eight to five seven nine on the D. We're going to go five seven eight seven five seven eight five seven eight. So listen to it as it goes. Okay, that was five seven eight seven five seven eight, and you do that with one pick, one stroke, and it basically is one whole line played entirely with your left hand. Now, this is a good exercise, of course, with your left hand. Um, if you start picking this too much, it sounds a little bit off, but you could theoretically pick the first note of each three-note sequence, but I'm encouraging you to not pick more than once on each string. So again, 5, 7, 8 on the low E. 5, 7, 8, 7, 5, 7, 8. So you're going up and down and back up again on the A. 5, 7, 9 on the D. 
on the G, we're doing that same pattern, only now it's five, seven, nine, seven, five, seven, nine. Six, eight, ten on the B. And yep, you guessed it. Seven, eight, ten, eight, seven, eight, ten. So we're going up, down, up on the high E. So that's the pattern, and it sounds a little like this. And there you go. It's a very easy pattern to do, and uh, it's, it's not that difficult once you get the hang of it. You can speed it up pretty quickly. I haven't played it in months, and I'm just redoing it here now because I wanted you to have this exercise. Now, what's the next part of this? To go down, but in the opposite way. In other words... We skipped every other string. We did that little pattern of going up, down, back up on the string. Now what we're going to do is we're going to change that so it's not on the same string anymore. So we did that little pattern on the A, the G, and the high E. Now we're going to do it on the B, the D, and the low E. So as we go up, let's go up one more time so you can get the hang of this. And you should probably pause this and, of course, go through the exercise on your own at your own speed. Don't hurry along just because I'm... Uh, giving you the complete exercise here, take it at your own speed. If it takes you a little while, then just practice two strings. And then when you feel comfortable enough with the pattern. Then you can move on to the next part of it. Okay, so break it down. It's called chunking. It's a very effective way of learning an exercise without getting in too far over your head. So again, here's the ascending sequence again. And I put a little bit of a pause in there. This is not to any metronome timing. You're going to want to work that in within a metronome, of course. So just recognize that the pattern uh, climbing up is that you're going to do the extra notes on the A, the G, and the high E. Going down, you're going to do it on the B, the D, and the low E. And what we're going to do is we're going to reverse the direction of the pattern. So if we were going to go straight down, it would sound like this. Instead, we're going to go. And we're back to square one. We're back to the low A note on the low E string. You got it? Okay, it's not terribly complicated, but I'm going to explain it one more time, note by note. Here we go. Last time, climbing up, five, seven, eight on the low E, hammer on. Five, seven, eight. Seven, five, seven, eight. So you go up and then back down on the A. Five, five, seven, nine on the D. Five, seven, nine, seven, five, seven, nine. Up and down on the G. Six, eight, ten on the B. And then we're going to go seven, eight, ten, eight, seven. A ten, so we're going to go up and down pattern on the high E. And there you go. There's the ascending pattern. Now going down, we're going to reverse that. So we're going to go pull off 10, 8, 7 on the high E. Now on the B, we're going to start that pattern, and we're going to do it this way. We're going to pull off from 10 to 8 to 6, then go back up and then back down.
on the G. We're going to do the same thing, uh, or the same thing as the high E string, rather. We're just going to descend. And then we're on the D string, so what are we going to do? We're going to do that down, up, down pattern. Which is 9, 7, 5, 7, 9, 7, 5. What do we do on the A? That's right, we don't do the up-down pattern or the down-up-down pattern. We just go down. That's 8, 7, 5. And now we're on the low E, so we go down-up-down. Down. So it's 8, 7, 5, 7, 8, 7, 5. So here it is all the way through. exercise and you can do some pretty cool stuff with that if you're advanced or a little slightly more advanced in your playing you can move that between positions diatonic positions so that as I climb up I move up one position when I get to the high E string that's the 12th fret there so I go down and now I'm up one position in the, the uh, diatonic sequence. So you can shift up, you can shift down, you can you can move it completely in a different position on the neck. Anything that you want to do is legal as long as you don't make it sound like you're playing a scale. That's what I'm trying to get you past doing here. And to finish up today, I want to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart, which is getting guitars on a budget. I have to tell you, when I first started playing, I could not afford jack squat when it came to guitars. My first guitar was a... God, I don't even know. I can't even tell you how much I paid for it. Honestly, I think I know it was less than a hundred dollars. I may have even traded some stuff for it. Uh, I had a friend who was his name was Chris, and he was uh, I'd say the local acquisition dude. And by saying acquisition, I was never quite sure where he got his stuff. The kid himself was totally cool. He, he didn't seem like a criminal in any way. He was actually really smart. A little bit odd, but smart. And he always seemed to have the stuff that I wanted. I could never understand this about him. Where did he get the money? Where did he get the stuff? Well, I suspect that some of it may have been hot, and that's okay, Chris. I forgive you after all these years. But one of the things I got from him was my first guitar. It was a Red Sunburst Les Paul. Of course, it wasn't an actual Gibson here, okay? We're talking about a copy. Uh, to this day, I'm not even sure what the brand was. Back then, a lot of the copies didn't even have names on them. They were literally from China and had no branding whatsoever, and they were complete ripoffs of the real guitars. In other words, they were exactly the same in shape, size, and proportion as the real guitar, which, of course, as we know now, is, I believe, illegal. It's a patent and trademark sort of thing, which is why you see that every other major manufacturer who wants to make a Les Paul tweaks it slightly. They make the headstock look different. They make the body look a little different, <clears throat> all that stuff. Well, they just do it enough to avoid a pattern or infringement of some kind. So what Chris would do is, of course, get these or acquire these guitars somehow. I don't know how he did it, but I got my first one from him. And then followed up with a Hondo Flying V. And yes, if you look up Hondo, I'm sure they're out there somewhere. Actually, I haven't done a, a, a web search for them in a, quite a long time. I don't think they exist in any way, but you can still get them, I believe. Yep, they are. they're still out there on 
guitar sites um, on eBay, of course, and it's one of those museum items or guitar museum type thing. They were actually not too bad. It was um, one of those cheap guitars you could get that would be a total replica of something like mine. I had the Flying V, and it was just an awesome guitar, and I played that for years and years uh, until I discovered that it was basically just a cheap guitar. But you can get guitars like that today for inexpensive. And the best way to do it is, of course, just buy it used. Buy a guitar used, and um, you're going to get a guitar for a lot of reasons is probably even better than buying it new because you're going to get a guitar that's broken in, that's already been adjusted, that the action's already been set, that if there's been any modifications to it, those are already done. It's just basically ready to play and ready to keep it that way. I mean, it's just probably not going to fall out of its current playing condition. And if it feels good to you, well, then by all means, man, grab it up. Some of the cheapest guitars can also turn into some of the coolest guitars. And it also gives you the ability and flexibility to do some modifications, do some tweaking, and maybe take a few risks here that you wouldn't want to do on a nice brand new Stratocaster or Les Paul, for real. Okay, So gives you that option if you want it. I actually did some fret work on my old guitars, my first guitars. I took that Les Paul, by the way, and I basically carved it up. I took the neck off of it, took the electronics out, and put it into a body that I made in Woodshop. And that year I got a little award for it because it was a pretty significant accomplishment. Here is I made this guitar in Woodshop. Most of the other guys were making stupid tables, and here I am making a guitar with it. I thought it was pretty cool. It didn't last in the long run because it didn't use the hardest woods woods for it, um, but my teacher was behind me 110%, and I eventually even got a, um, a small cash prize at the end of the year for having made this guitar. So pretty cool thing to do, and it's a memory that lasts with me forever. So keep that in mind. You can get great deals on those guitars. One thing to look out for is look at the frets, look at the fretware, play it completely, play every single fret, bend every single string at every single fret so you can hear if it buzzes out in weird places. Uh, and then, of course, look at the quality of the, the, the electronics, look at the overall wear and tear on it, make sure there's no cracks in the neck, plug it in, get a full playthrough of it. And really just look it over and uh, you know see how it's put together. Make sure the strings are uniform in their height over the neck. You know, it should have a certain amount of rounding to compensate for the curvature and radius of the neck, as well as the slots at the nut. Make sure those are uh, those are not too deeply worn or too deeply grooved. A whole bunch of little things that you'll just pick up on as you look at a bunch of different guitars. So the first process is get over to your local used guitar place and start playing around and picking on some old guitars. Second thing is once you get a feel for what you like and you do have a feel for certain guitar makers, which I've acquired over the years, I'm not a particularly a big Stratocaster fan. I tend towards the Gibson side of things and the Ibanez side of things if I was to choose. Uh, however, I only have one Gibson in my actual arsenal these days. It's a Gibson Explorer, which I'm looking to sell. It's just too damn heavy. It's an old. It's actually a, a, an Explorer from their Shred series. And everything else is pretty much non uh, not one of the big two, if you think of the big two as being Fender and Gibson. Everything else is Jackson and Ibanez in my stock. And I've got a Sur, which is kind of a high-end boutique model. But for the most part, there's certain guitars I like and certain guitars I don't. When you get that feel, then you can go online and entertain the possibility of buying something from, say, Sweetwater or even used on eBay 
that you're familiar with. Just be careful because it's very tricky when you buy an instrument online. You're not going to get to pick it up. You're not going to get to know how that thing feels. I bought a used uh, – actually, I do have another Gibson. I have a Gibson Flying V that I bought used. haven't been playing it that much lately, but I'm going to turn that around too. And right now, I'm eyeing a Jackson Kelly which if you know their style and their kind of guitars, I'm, I know the feel of a Jackson. Jackson's feel really nice. They're a good guitar. And this one looks a little bit like an Explorer. I wanted to get a, low, a lower weight or lighter version of an Explorer to play, and that fits my needs perfectly. So I may just swap that one out. You'll get that feel and you'll get that knowledge from having gone to stores, sat down, and just played with instruments like this. And even the cheapies can give you a really good sound. Don't forget, you can also rip out those pickups, put the ones in that you want, which is what I do with all of my guitars. And that's really, besides your playing, about 90% of the sound you're going to get. You can change the capacitor out or even the potentiometers that are your volume and treble controls. I mean, really, who uses the treble control on their guitar anyways? The tone control, rather. I mean, that's just one of those things that's kind of a joke among musicians. But if it's something you use... All the power to you. Just remember, there's almost nothing you can't change on a guitar, except for, of course, if it has a through neck. You know, if it has one of those necks that's fused to the body because it's part of the same piece of wood, that could be a little difficult. But if you get one with a bolt-on neck, geez, you can even change out the neck. How much more flexibility do you need? That's the beauty of guitars, is we can do so much tweaking to them. And I would say, just pick up a cheapo guitar just to beat on and have some fun tweaking. Have some fun experimenting with it. You know, just chalk it up to a learning experience and use it for what it's there for. I wouldn't say go take it on the stage and smash it over an amp. I always kind of cringed when I saw Jimmy Layton on fire and, and Pete Townsend smashing him. There's still something very sacred about a good guitar or any guitar that we play because when you play it, you're giving it a little bit of your soul. Hey, this is Carlos GGS. It's been great talking to you. I encourage you to get your butt on over to guitargodsecrets.com forward slash free video. That's guitargodsecrets.com forward slash free video, where I give you my free number one guitar practice hack. And you can get on my newsletter and get some great information, great tips, great exercises, and so much more. Go on over to guitargodsecrets.com forward slash free video. I'll be talking again soon. This is Carlos GGS. Live to play, play to live. GuitarGodSecrets.com, Guitar God Secrets podcast, and YouTube content, and all content herein is copyright Morpheus Productions, LLC. Feel free to contact Carlos at Carlos at GuitarGodSecrets.com. We welcome your comments, suggestions, and questions, and your donations. Live to play, play to live.